नमो महावदान्याय नमो महावदान्याय कृष्ण प्रेमा प्रदायते कृष्ण चैतन्य
from 15, 16, 17 and 18, I think we also covered 19 and uh, we also understood what is the difference between karma, vikarma and akarma, right? We understood these principles, Krishna has shared very beautifully in the previous shlokas and now Krishna is further going to elaborate some very nice things to Arjuna since he has asked some questions very nicely. So verse number 20 is what we are going to start today. We will cover a few shlokas today and verse number 20 is also a very interesting shloka and let's see what Krishna wants to share in this particular verse. So I have Kuma uh, Kumars so you can unmute yourself and let's chant this very first shloka for today that is verse number 20. So I will display the screen. So please uh, repeat. Let me take my Bhagavad Gita also so that it is easy. Give me a moment. Alright. Tektva karma phala sangam Nitya tripto nirashaya Karmanya vivrutto pi Naiva kinchit karoti saha Once again Tektva karma phala sangam Nitya tripto nirashaya Karmanya vibhutto pi Naiva kinchit karoti saha Please read the translation by yourself Abandoning all attachment to the results of his activities he was satisfied and independent. He performs to fruitive action, although engaged in all kinds of undertakings. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Alright. <clears throat> so, this is a very interesting shloka. Verse number 20. Tektva karma phala sangam nitya tripto nirashrayaha. So verse number 20, Krishna is saying here further that how we should know that there is a connection between this verse and the previous verse that was there in, in chapter 3. So what is the connection? You see in the Karma Yoga, in the chapter 3, verse number 35. So let me go through verse number 35 of chapter 3, what Krishna wanted to share there. Krishna was explaining to Arjuna about Karma Yoga and as he was explaining Karma Yoga, the last that is verse number 35, Krishna said Shreyan Sodharma Vigunaha Paradharmat Sanushtita Swadharme Nidhanam Shreyaha Paradharmo Bhayavaha So Krishna was explaining that how it is better to do one's own prescribed duty than rather of taking up some other's duty. And moment Krishna said this, the very next shloka that is 36, Arjuna interrupted or he had a question. 
So Arjuna said that, Oh my Lord, Atakkena prayukto yam papam chalati purushaha anichanapi vashneya baladivan yojitaha. So he said, Arjuna had a question that, Why is it that a person is forced to do sinful activity even though he does not desire? So actually Krishna was speaking about karma yoga, but Arjuna had a question. So immediately Krishna had to answer the question of Arjuna and he had to explain all those different verses. Again in chapter 4, Krishna was explaining about how it began that, you know, I, sto I told, I spoke this knowledge to the sun god and that is how it is continuing and all those details were going on, right? So now let's understand the same thing Krishna is continuing here in this section in the last few shlokas and this particular shloka. So here, this particular shloka, very beautifully, Krishna is explaining the qualities of a person who performs akarma. So what is akarma? Last session, we discussed this very important point. What is akarma? So there is karma, there is vikarma and there is akarma. So what is akarma? What do we understand? Anyone here, you want to give an answer? What is akarma? I also have live audience. If they know, what is akarma? What do you mean and understand by this very interesting thing called akarma? Yes. Yes, yes Achyutanji, go ahead. It is, uh, it is, it is, it is performing karma okay. without any, without any uh, expectation of. Okay. So without expectation, is that is yes. that what a karma is? Okay. Yes, Achyutanji. Please continue. Yeah, so it is something where it's ultimately to please, please God, please the Lord, and uh, without any, without any expected fruit from, from, from the performance, by performing those things. Okay, so the most important point that you said is that any activity that you do for the pleasure of the Lord, that is called as karma, a karma. Very, very important. Devotional act, any devotional act is actually called akarma. So Krishna is explaining that anybody who performs such activities for my pleasure, what are the qualities of such a person? The person is actually, he says that, tektva karma phala sangam. So abandoning all attachment to the results, he is least bothered about the result that he is going to get. He performs activities but he is not attached to the result of that activity. Phala sangam. Tektva, he gives up all types of attachments for the result. That's very, very important. And Prabhupada explains that actually anybody, anybody who is actually working only for the result of the activity, then such a mentality is called Asuric mentality. Ah, by the way, why is it like that? I mean, we are working, don't we expect some result? And why is it called Asuric, by the way? What is the problem in getting the result of what we are actually working for, right? We are working day in and out so hard. So what is the problem in getting the results of it or enjoying the results of it? Why is it called Asuric? So anyone, why is it called Asuric? Why expecting some result or 
hankering for result of the activity that we do is called asuric. Prabhupada is calling that mentality is asuric mentality. Because then, it, when your results are only in the mind, then the, the methods that you adopt to achieve those results hmm. may may not be may not be the right 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 thing that you do. You may adopt even the most akarmic way of doing things. All right. So if what bad way of doing things. What if there is a person who is actually sincerely working? Maybe he has a government job, or he's sincerely working and getting the money. He's working very nicely, day in and out. But the ultimate purpose for his work is that he wants to get the salary, or he wants to get the profit. That is the desire. But he's doing everything very clean. He's doing it very clean. He does his job perfectly. He gets the salary, but ultimately he's working because he gets that salary. What is the problem? Why such mentality is called that? You know, asuric mentality. Even if it is very clean. So here, Grishma uh, has some answers. So maybe she can speak. Maybe can speak a little louder so that audience can also listen. Asuric people are said to um, seek for power, and as asuras are always seeking power instead of for. Uh, Okay, so she says that it's because Asuric people always seek out for power, and moment they get some sensual enjoyments, they get the result of that. The more they want to enjoy, and the power that they get through that result is misutilized. So that is one answer. Actually, even if a person who is working very hard and is only working for the result, what happens is. He gets more and more bound in the material modes. That means he is only thinking of himself. Asuric people only think of sense enjoyment. They don't think of others. They want to enjoy themselves. But in devotional act, a person who is akarmi, what are his activities? His activity is not to enjoy himself or satisfy his own senses. He wants to satisfy the senses of the Lord. So as long as we are only Looking for the result for our own enjoyment, then that's a problem, right? So that's why expecting the result is actually asuri. We have all the adhikara to do work, the duty, but we don't have adhikara over our result. That is what we have to be detached from. We have to become detached from the results. Extremely important. Let Prabhupada gives a very very beautiful example to understand this. Just like in a bank, there is a cashier. Now, in a bank, the cashier who is sitting, he has to deal with so much of money. There is cash inflow, there is cash outflow, and all throughout the day, he is counting so much of money. Now, that is his work. But at no point, the cashier is thinking that this money belongs to me. Now, the cashier is not worried when people come and withdraw a lot of money. It's not that oh, so much of money is going away. People are withdrawing so much of money; they are taking away all the money. The cashier is not worried about that, or neither he is very happy when a lot of money is coming in and he is counting a lot of money. It's not making him happy. Actually, when there is outflow or inflow of the money, is the concern of the bank. The cashier's duty is very minimal. He has to just count and ensure that the count is kept properly, without any problem, without any misaccounting. The cashier is not disturbed. So our work in this world should be also like that. We should be doing our duty without being bugged up with 
what is the inflow of papa punya what is the outflow of papa punya what is the result going to come no we should not be worried about that it is not our duty it is krishna's duty whether to give result or not give result right so we have to be like that keep doing it without being affected the cashier is only worried about you know he is only thinking anyway i am going to get my salary whether now the cash is coming in cash is going out i don't mind i really doesn't bother me ultimately at the end of the month i am going to get my quota of pleasure my salary so a devotee is also very satisfied he is not bothered about what is going to come now or then he knows that ultimately krishna will reciprocate so that is his belief and that is his surrender to krishna right so now if you see this giving up result sometimes it is forced even in this material world if you see sometimes in the communist countries there are countries where uh, the communist rules are there like north korea and china so most of the time some communities not all but most of the time in the communist countries at least now it is better but in the earlier days few decades ago the communist country when people used to work the people were taxed so much that all the result of the work that they do was actually given to the communist nation for the government to run over there all those things you see the results were sacrificed by the people so that was forced upon them but what happens is when it is forced upon them they are dissatisfied you know when in a communist rule in the situation where there is communist rule they are supposed to give away so much of result and when people give away the result there is dissatisfaction but same thing when vaishnavas do when the devotees do that they give up all the results of the activities what happens krishna is saying nitya tripto nirashrayaha nitya tripta that means the devotees by giving up the result it's not that they are very sad like the communist people like the asuri people when the asuri people don't get their result they are very dissatisfied they are morose but here when devotees give up the result of the actions they are becoming nitya triptaha triptaha means what to be very satisfied they are very contented with whatever they have and nitya triptaha means they are always satisfied so devotees are actually always satisfied because they are not attached to the result so any time when you are expecting result from any activity that you are doing you should know that you will eventually become dissatisfied right now if there is any dissatisfaction that you are facing it is because some result small or big is not you have not gotten it and that's why there is dissatisfaction but moment you know that oh this is beyond my control the result is not under my control then you will be satisfied so akarma means it is so nice that when you act for the pleasure of krishna you are actually becoming very satisfied you are becoming nitya triptaha always satisfied because a devotee has no material desires no material desires his only desire is to fulfill the desires of krishna right so that is so nice so he is saying nirashrayaha nirashraya means a devotee does not take shelter of his grand plans you know many times people think that oh i have made this plan now i have got this much of profit and beyond that i'm going to get even more profit there is what you know big big plans people are making 
right now even few uh, last year people must have made many big big industrialists and businessmen they made big big plans oh this is my profit the next quarter i am going to triple it maybe quadruple it and next year i want to become a millionaire or billionaire but one single shot corona has come and everything is going down right so we should not take shelter of these falls big plans that we make a devotee a, a karmi is always dependent on the lord he is not dependent on his own intelligence that is the quality of a devotee we can by the lord's will we have gotten some nice talents we have to use it in the service of the lord we should use it completely in the service of the lord there is no problem in fact krishna will give you more when you are serving him right just like you know a child when uh, he gets something from his father and the child in turn goes and shares it with others and in turn tells oh father i want to serve you like this the father is so pleased that oh i gave you this and you want to in turn serve me with that i will give you more he is pleased that's the reciprocation right from the father so when you also have got some nice talents from the supreme lord the supreme father and you are using it back for his service oh he thinks oh this is a nice devotee he is my son who is serving me let him get more power that's why devotees are very powerful devotees are extremely powerful so powerful that big big demons like hiranyakashipu they cannot do anything although hiranyakashipu was powerful you see prahlad was unaffected so that is what we should know then krishna is saying that nirashraya he does not take uh, shelter of his great plans why because he is completely attached to krishna there is a very nice uh, uh, experience there is a very nice uh, pastime that happened with prabhupada i want to say here it's very nice thing when prabhupada was actually in uh, uh, mumbai and there was this dealing happening uh, to get this juhu land you all know some of you are staying in mumbai and uh, mumbai we have a very beautiful radharas bihari temple the iskon juhu temple so when we prabhupada wanted to get this land there was this person to whom this land was belonging called mr nayar so this mr nayar was a person who was very cunning so prabhupada was in some other different country and uh, here most of his western disciples who had a small place to stay in that uh, juhu land and they were interacting and negotiating with mr nayar so this mr nayar was so cunning that he had sold this property to multiple people and uh, somehow the devotees they were quite naive because they did not understand the uh, function how the government and the corporations and everything works here because they were from different country so they got to know they sent something wrong and they informed prabhupada that oh prabhupada i think we have been cheated we are cheated with this uh, by this mr nayar so there very nicely prabhupada says that this is the 108 temple that we want to offer to krishna if krishna wants it he will take it if krishna doesn't want this temple then what can we do just see prabhupada who is traveling across the world to build temples to make more devotees and it's not that he did not put any effort in getting this land he negotiated like anything to get this land prabhupada fought for this land but in spite of all this prabhupada said if krishna wants he will take this temple he will we will get this temple 
If Krishna doesn't want, then what can we do? So this is the detachment that we are supposed to develop in us. Even in devotional life, when we are serving, it's not that, oh, it should happen as per my will. I have planned like this to serve Krishna and I will serve Krishna like this. No, it may not go as per your plan. It may be changed. It is Krishna's will. That's why whenever we pray, after our prayers, at the end we should say, my Lord, I want this. I want to serve you like this. This is what, this is what, whatever you want to do. At the end of our prayer, we should add this one line. My Lord, all this and more, if you so desire. Anytime you pray, at the end, you should always tell Lord, if you so desire. That means you are giving the control to Krishna. My Lord, I don't know what will be the result. This is my prayer. But if you so desire, let my prayers be fulfilled. So our prayer should always end with what? Can you all type it there in the type section, in the comment section? All of you, type in that. Comment section. What should we end the prayer with? If you so desire. I want to see that in the comment section from all of you. Our prayer should end with if you so desire. Exactly. So this should be our prayer. Our prayer should end like this. That means I am giving my control of my life to Krishna. Let him take the final call. I don't know what is best for me. This is how we need to pray to the Lord. Right? So Prabhupada did that. So Prabhupada is an Acharya. He set an example for all of us to follow this particular thing. Right? So we should do everything possible to get uh, to do our duty to Krishna but do not be attached to the result because it will only cause dissatisfaction. You will be pained. The more you get attached to the result, you will be pained. You will be dissatisfied. So this is very nice words and uh, let's go to the next verse which is also very nice and uh, as we are discussing, I want all of you to please make a note of questions because you keep thinking of the questions. I want to give some good time uh, going forward in every session to take some Q&A so that we discuss some nice points while we are also discussing Bhagavad Gita. It's important that we get some questions. So, I uh, request uh, Achutanji to uh, unmute and let's chant the next shloka that is verse number 21. I hope the screen is visible. So, let's begin. Nirashir Yata Chittatma Shariram Kevalam Karma Shariram Kevalam Karma Kurvan Napnotikilvisham once again, Nirashir Yata Chittatma Sarva Parigraha Shariram Kevalam Karma Purvan Napnoti Kilbisham Very nice.
So, Nirashir Yata Chittatma. But before I begin, yeah, please read the translation by yourself, but you can read. Yes, Achutanji, you can read the Understanding. Yes. Understanding acts with mind and intelligence. But to confirm, gives the form and subscribe to the functions and acts only for the bare necessities of life. Thus, working is not affected by sinful reactions. Wonderful, thank you. All right. So, this is very interesting here. In the previous shloka, Prabhupada is also saying that how we should become free from all the different uh, dualities of this material world. And Prabhupada made a very nice statement in the purport. In the previous uh, purport, he is saying that how the duality of this material world is felt in terms of heat and cold or misery and happiness. So, before I take up uh, this particular verse here, I wanted to share something very interesting. You see, many times, how when people are attached to the result, even if it is a good result, this world is very dangerous world. This material world is very dangerous. Even if you are trying to do good to people, there is a possibility that you will be affected in a negative way, although you want to do good to the people. There is a very nice uh, story in the Krishna book. You will get it in the Bhagavatam also. So, there was this King Rimi. This King Rimi was a very charitable king. He used to give hundreds and thousands of cows in charity every single day to the Brahmanas. And he was very popular for that. Always giving charity to the Brahmanas. So many cows every day. The moment he wakes up and he takes bath and everything, he gets ready every day. One of his major activity was giving cows in charity to people. And one such day it so happened that when King Rimi was giving charity, he gave uh, about thousands of cows in charity to a Brahmana. And it so happened that one of the cow from the group left the herd. He actually, it came back to the king's palace and then the next day the same cow was again given in charity to another brahmana so when this previous brahmana the first brahmana who had received he got to know one of the cow is missing he comes back to the king and says king this is not good you are not a good person you have actually given charity and you have taken it back the king was astonished how is it possible i gave you everything so i don't know but he says that, no, this is what has happened. You have actually taken the cow back and then this cow is gone to another person, another Brahmana, the second Brahmana. And the king says, oh, is it so? Then let me go and ask the second Brahmana. He sends the soldier to the second Brahmana and the soldiers go and tell the second Brahmana, my dear sir, that this is a cow which belongs to another Brahmana. The king is very sorry for this. Can you please return? So the second Brahmana says, no, how can I do that? I am a Brahmana, I am supposed to receive uh, the charity and once I receive the charity, I don't give it back to the same person. It is improper. 
neither the king should actually ask once he has given the charity. So this is improper. This is my cow now. I am not going to give back. So now there is a big problem. Then uh, the first Brahmana, he said, no, you have to give me that, that very same cow. The king said, no, I will give you a lakh, one lakh cows even more. You take them and both of you be satisfied. But then they did not agree. There was a triple between them. The, finally, the first Brahmana said, since you are not going to give me the same cow back, I curse you that you will become a lizard in the next life. Just imagine, so much of punya uh, karma he has done, so much of uh, uh, nice activity, pious activity, but then he's been cursed to become a lizard. The king, when he died and he was taken to Yamraja, Yamraja saw the whole big list of all the pious activities, the punya that he has done, but then Yamraja says, my dear king, unfortunately, you have to become a lizard. Now, you tell me, you want to go to the heaven because of all these pious activities and then return as a lizard into this material world or you first want to become a lizard and then go to the heavenly planet. Now, the king was thinking, oh, it is better that actually I become a lizard first and then go to the heaven because if I go to the heaven, I will always have the thought that, oh, I have to become a lizard and then I will not be able to enjoy the heaven properly. So it's better that I actually become a lizard first. And then he was granted that body of a lizard. And interestingly, this particular king became a lizard in Dwaraka. He was actually in a well and uh, that is where he was residing. So now in Dwaraka we know who was there. Krishna was there. So once when Krishna and Arjuna uh, were together, yeah, I think Arjuna was also there that time. This children of Krishna, now there were so many children of Krishna, I told you the number in the previous session, that so many children when they were playing, the eldest one, one of the very prominent king, uh, also the son of Krishna called Pradyumna, they were playing this ball game and this ball actually fell into the well where this lizard was there. And then when uh, Pradyumna saw that there is a huge lizard in this big, big well, he was uh, astonished. They tried actually to somehow pull that uh, lizard up, but they were not able to. So this was told to Krishna and then Krishna understands, he goes to the well and then when Krishna, he touches the lizard to pull it up, this very same lizard, just by the touch of Krishna, he gets a very beautiful divine form, a nice effulgent form. So then Krishna says, hey, who are you? Then he explains that how that he became a lizard with all the skirts and all that. But now you may question that Prabhuji, alright, that you know he was supposed to go to heaven and he had to become a lizard. But how is it possible that he came in contact with Krishna? What actually made him to come in contact with Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead? Right? You may have this question that how is it possible? So that's why what happened was when this King Rimi was ruling, once a Brahmana approached him and he had asked, My dear king, I have this beautiful murti, the deity of Krishna, and I don't have the resources to actually build a temple for this deity. But because you are a king, you can afford, can you build a nice temple for this deity? That will be really very nice. So the king said, Alright, so I can build a temple for you. And that is how he nicely gave all the resources and built a temple for Krishna. And also the same Brahmana had asked that I would also like to distribute this 
different Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavatam and the scriptures to people in general. I want to share this knowledge and why don't you in the written form share this knowledge to everyone. So the king actually appointed because earlier there were no Xerox machines, there were no photocopying and all those things. So they used to handwrite all the scriptures. So the king ordered all the writers to actually photocopy all the scriptures and then distribute to the people. So this became akarma. Just see, there was karma, there is vikarma. Karma and vikarma put him into trouble. But then this little service of akarma to Krishna gave him such a wonderful opportunity to see Krishna. Neha vikramana shusti pratyavayona vidyate svalpam apiyasya dharmasya trayate mahatobhaya Krishna explained in the second chapter, right? Svalpam apiyasya dharmasya even little akarma will protect you from the greatest danger. That is the effect, that is the power of akarma. Right? So here also, let's understand this particular shloka, verse number 22. Nirashir. So what does it mean? Nirashir means, asha means desire. Nirashir means that you don't desire unnecessarily. Prabhupada says that unnecessary desiring for sense gratification is actually called Nirashir. So do you want to become Nirashir? Actually we all should strive to become Nirashir. We should not desire to unnecessarily enjoy our senses. It's not a good thing. Actually everything is sufficient. There is no shortage for anything in this material world. When Krishna creates this world, He has made sure that everybody gets his own roti kapda and makan. Everybody's roti kapda and makan is being taken care of. No problem. But the problem is the mismanagement. The shortage is because the nature, prakriti punishes us. Whenever we forget Krishna, nature punishes us. Today we may think that okay, the corona is there and we are suffering because of corona. But ultimately, all this is happening because people in general have forgotten. They have forgotten Krishna. Everybody in this world, you see, they are constantly hankering. They want to enjoy their senses. Everybody is running in this world because they want to satisfy their own senses. When all this is happening at the mass level, then Krishna, Prakriti will say, okay, too much is happening now. I will take care of her. So she will subdue all of us. One shot, one small virus will come and we are all locked down. <laughs> you see? This is the situation. It's so simple for Prakriti to take care of us. So why? This is because we are becoming greedy more and more. So that should not happen. So a person by this Nirashir also means he does not have possessive mentality. You know, anytime you work, you have this result, then you also have, you develop this attitude of possessiveness. Oh, this is all mine. Mamakara. This is all mine. This house is mine. This car is mine. These children are mine. This husband is mine. This my wife is mine. Everything is mine. Belong, everything belongs to me. That Mamakara is coming. So this possessiveness comes. That is problem. If this possessiveness comes, then we cannot become Nirashi. It is not, pro it is a problem. 
So again, a very nice uh, incident uh, uh, in uh, Prabhupada's life that uh, when Prabhupada was in US, he was uh, in Detroit once. And uh, Detroit is the auto capital. Uh, most of the auto industries, the uh, car manufacturing industries like Rolls Royce, the Ford and many others are there in uh, Detroit. So in Detroit, you'll see there are so many big, big companies, car companies, and Prabhupada wanted to establish a temple in Detroit. And as they were looking for different places, a very nice place, Prabhupada and the devotees come across a very beautiful big mansion. And this mansion was actually uh, owned by the owner of Rolls Royce. Now it was huge, a very royal a mansion. And everything was regal about this whole mansion. Everything was so spick and span and all the most sophisticated things were in this house. And it was empty and it was on sale. And then uh, there was this agent who was uh, negotiating and dealing with this property. And when Prabhupada and the devotees went there, they saw it and Prabhupada liked this very much. Oh, this is perfect for Krishna. Now you see, Prabhupada, he is a master negotiator. And... He says to the agent that you see, my dear whoever so and so, that we are servants of Krishna. We are serving Krishna. And everything belongs to Krishna. This mansion also belongs to Krishna. So you should actually give this mansion for free for us. <laughs> so this agent, his heart stopped for a moment. He was thinking, Swamiji, what are you asking for? This is a mansion and it's a huge mansion. How can I give you or how can you ask this for free? No, I cannot give you this for free. You know, he stopped actually. He was, he was shocked actually. And then Prabhupada says, alright, let's negotiate now. And then there was so much of back and forth, back and forth negotiation. And then finally they came to a certain number which was quite huge again. It was not a small amount. Big amount and Prabhupada said, I will give you 50% of the final quote, whatever they had, right now, tomorrow, in next one or two days. And you have to finalize this. And this agent agreed. And all the other devotees, now they had a shock. They had a heart attack. They said, that we don't have this much money. It is quite a huge amount. And Prabhupada is playing this and he's saying that, okay, he's going to arrange this much, this much amount in next one or two days. So, at that time, uh, Amrish Ford, I mean his actual name is Alfred Ford, the grandson of Henry Ford. He was a disciple of Prabhupada. And uh, Prabhupada called him and said that why don't you uh, sponsor and give this amount. Uh, this is what we have finalized and you should help us in getting this temple. So Amrish Prabhu who is even now very actively uh, contributing to the big temple in Mayapur the temple of Vedic planetarium in Mayapur, the headquarters of Iskon. So, he said that, okay, I will do it. And then he in turn also uh, asked uh, the daughter of the union of Ford Motors. Now, she was actually getting married to uh, Amrish Prabhu. Her name was Sharmila Mataji. And uh, she said, okay, I will also contribute. And both of them, uh, husband and wife, they contributed for this temple and this temple was now belonging to Iskarn. And Prabhupada, after this whole negotiation, he never again stepped back into that temple. So the idea here is, 
Prabhupada was Nirashir. He did everything possible for getting that temple to negotiate and get the temple for the devotees, for the service of the Lord, so that Krishna, the king of the king, can stay in such a beautiful place. But then he himself was detached. He said, okay, this is for Krishna. I am not going to go back there again. He never went back. So this is a devotee. A devotee does everything for the pleasure of Krishna. This is the... Uh, expression of love of a Mahabhagavata towards the Lord. So this is the attitude that we should also develop. We should never think that Krishna will not take care. Krishna will take care of all of us. Whatever you are supposed to get, you will get it. Without fail, you will all get it. Right? So, this is how we should be detached and we should act like a part of a machine. Prabhupada says again in this purport of this 21st shloka, so Prabhupada is saying that as a machine part requires oiling and cleaning for maintenance, similarly, a Krishna conscious man maintains himself by his work just to remain fit for his action in transcendental loving service to the Lord. So, now, when Prabhupada is saying that we should be a, like a part of a machine, it's not that we are trying to dehumanize. No, it's not that we are just very mechanical things. No, we are spirit souls. We are not some mechanical objects, right? So, we don't mean that. But at the same time, we should know that we should learn how to coordinate and cooperate and be in sync with the Lord. Why we are suffering is because we are not coordinating. We are not cooperating with the Lord. And we are not in sync with the Lord's desire. And that's why there is suffering. Most of these people, today all the materialistic problems that we see in this world is because we are not in sync with this Bhagavad Gita. We are not in sync with the words of Krishna. We are not in sync by these beautiful instructions of Krishna. And that is why we are suffering. If we can simply coordinate and cooperate and align our life as per the Bhagavad Gita, you will see our life will be so peaceful, our life will be so satisfied. And that's what we want. Right? So, very interesting thing. So, we should have that full faith and loyalty towards our spiritual master and also the Supreme Lord. You know, the dog actually is uh, a representation of loyalty. So, we should also, sometimes the great Acharya sing that, Oh my Lord, let me be a dog in the service of my spiritual master. They call themselves a dog. Why? Because dog is very loyal animal. So, we should also become very loyal. It's not that we have to literally become like dog. Just the good quality of a dog is that it is very loyal to its master. Whether the master gives him food, beats him, doesn't give food, he will still remain loyal to the master. That is the nature of the dog. So we should also, when Krishna gives us some problems, he doesn't give us problems. There is some uh, tough situations. We should still remain loyal. There are so many people just when there are some problems, some petty problems in life, they say, oh, there is no God. I don't believe in God because, you know, this is the problem that I'm facing. If there is God, then he should have solved it. If there is God, why did my father die? If there is God, then why did my husband die? You see? And moment such things happen, they forget God. So, we are not loyal. We should have that loyalty. No matter what happens, we should still remain in the service of the Lord. And then Prabhupada is also saying that very nicely that... We should just work for bare minimum to maintain this body and the soul together. That is how a devotee should work. 
we should not over endeavor oh now my company has told me to work for 12 hours 13 hours 16 hours i will work the more i work the more i will get money it is stupidness we should not become stupid like that overwork for students also they should not be working and studying so hard that you know they spoil their health and all like that no everything should be minimal just to maintain the body and the soul together don't over endeavor because moment you over endeavor then there is a lot of problem you are getting bombed there is anxiety the most uh, richest people they are all having so much of anxieties the more possessions you have the more problems you will have the less the possessions the less you will be satisfied so devotees are saying how prabhupada is saying just to maintain the body and the soul together what is required that duty you do that much it is tough but you can do that and you will be very happy so this is what krishna is saying in this particular verse that is verse number 21 so let's go to the next verse verse number 22 but before that i think there is a question achutan ji has asked in today's world almost every child is trained to achieve since krishna teaches us to only be attached to our duty action and not results what's the best way to pass on this message to our children and the young generation very nice it's a good thought that you are talking about the children now like i told in the previous session also that not just the teachers and the education system even the parents are impelling the children to achieve 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 and there is no end to it and there is so much of competition going on and there is a tough competition it's a rat race that we are pushing our children into and ultimately whether you win the rat race or you lose the rat race ultimately at the end of the day you are still a rat the question is do you want your children to become a rat in this rat race right so how do we pass on this message the best thing is the parents along with the children they should expose themselves to spirituality in some way or the other take up the small small steps baby steps in either listening or going to the temple actually and now the situation is not permitting but if you can invite some uh, devotees at your home that is another very nice thing especially for grahasthas the greatest influence is when the children start seeing the parents inviting the vaishnavas at home that's a great effect the great impression that is created in the children's mind when prabhupada was a small boy prabhupada's father used to invite lot of vaishnavas at home and used to feed them regularly not just feed but also hear from them so what's happening is when the parents are setting this example the children are also getting educated so it becomes very very nice for the children they know that okay beyond all these things there are bigger aspects of life now the role models are not these film stars who are so um, uh, corrupt and they are so misguided themselves and they in turn are misguiding so many people and youngsters so the role models for these children will be nice saintly people so when they have the correct role models in their life then they will lead a life with 
no complexity, but then they know that ultimately I have to do everything for the pleasure of Krishna. So the association matters a lot. And that association is not possible in today's so-called modern schools. In schools, there is a lot of comparison that happens. Uh, child gets uh, something, new gadget or something like that, then there is comparison, the others want it, and there is so much of pressure on the parents in turn, and the children, the teachers don't have any control over it. They themselves just mug up, they just want to teach whatever is being told. So it's all transactional. Everything is becoming very transactional. When they see, the children see the teacher is taking so much of fees for teaching them, they lose respect. In the earlier days, Gurukula, it was not like that. The teachers used to give education for free. Then, if you want to give Guru Dakshina, it's left to the student. Right? But now, and that's why they could command. The Guru could command anything over. He could command that, yes, you do this means do this. Why? Because they did not take anything from the students. But now, the teachers don't have that command. They just have to teach what is being told to them. They cannot really command over the students. And that's a big flaw in the education system. Even the parents do not actually have a command over the children today. So all these things are corrupt. So how do we send this message across? I think the association and the best way is take some baby steps like this. Like attending Bhagavad Gita sessions regularly, reading, chanting together, worshipping the deity at home together. So these small, small things will help them that, oh, it is Krishna who is the enjoyer, I am not the enjoyer. When children get these impressions in their mind, then they know that, okay, I will work for his pleasure and not mine. Then they are not attached to the results. They should be constantly told and it should be reinforced that we are not the enjoyers, Krishna is the enjoyer. Right? So, this is what I hope uh, it answers your question, Achyutanji. And if you have more, please give them in the comment section. So now, uh, Vinod Chandanji, let's uh, chant the next sloka, and that is sloka number 22. So let me display that screen. And uh, yes, so Vinodji, can you see the screen? Yes, this is verse number 22. Yes, I can see it, yes. Wonderful, very nice. Yadracha laba santushto Yadracha laba santushto Dvandvatito vimatsaraha Dvandvatito vimatsaraha Samasiddhava siddhaucha Kritva Pina Nibadjate Once again, Yadra Chala Basantushto Dwandvati Tobi Matsaraha Dwandvati Samasiddhava Siddhaucha Samasiddhava Siddhaucha Kritva Pina Nibadjate Wonderful. Please read the translation. Yeah. He who is uh, satisfied with gain which comes of his own accord who is free from
from <coughs> duality and does not envy, who is steady both in success and failure, is never entangled although performing actions. Wonderful. Thank you so much. So, Yadrachha Labha Santushto Yadrachha Labha Labha means profit. Yadrachha Labha means any Labha that comes naturally. Any Labha profit that you get naturally on its own accord by the divine arrangement. That is called Yadrachha Labha. That Labha which comes by the superior arrangement of the Lord is called Yadrachha Labha. So that's why I told earlier that we should not endeavor for more. If you have to get Dhana, it is already acquired in the previous life itself. The Vidya that you are getting today is all acquired because of the previous life. You are already destined to get a certain amount of money. You are already get, uh, destined to get a certain amount of vidya. It's all there. Prabhupada says this injunction. There is a word. I am just not recollecting right now. But if you know that this is what is already destined. Your prarabdha karma is there. And for this lifetime, you cannot change the prarabdha karma. Prarabdha karma cannot be changed. You have to undergo the enjoyment and the suffering as per the quota, the prarabdha quota, you have to go through it. So, just be dependent, whatever comes on its own accord, I will take it and I will enjoy it. Just like Sudama, he was just depending on Krishna, whatever came and he used to be satisfied with that. When Krishna gave him more, okay, alright, I will take it. So, that is how the devotee is. He is not over-endeavoring for great things. We should not over-endeavor More the endeavor, it's actually a big problem. Many people think that if I work extra, if I study extra, I will get more. In fact, we see sometimes in the same company, in the same project, people are working uh, continuously for the same amount of time. But the results are different. The kind of results they get is different. Manager gives 8% high to one more, uh, he gives 10% high. Students when they study, when they are working so hard for the same amount of time, one gets 58%, one gets 68%. There is a difference. Why? Because it differs for every person. Be satisfied with whatever is being done, whatever comes to you. Now, you know when you are climbing a terrain, or you want to go for uh, uh, rock climbing or uh, you want to uh, climb some big big things, then what happens is there are a lot of pebbles. If you don't have a proper shoe, then you cannot climb it properly, you will be in pain. But when you are wearing a shoe, then you can very nicely climb. Although those pebbles are there, you will not be disturbed. So similarly, in this life, which is like a big terrain, a rocky mountain, has lot of pebbles, the problems in life are there. But if you don't want to get disturbed by all these problems, then you need to wear a shoe of satisfaction. When you wear a shoe of satisfaction over your mind, your mind should wear this satisfaction shoe. 
then you will not be disturbed. You can walk through very easily. But when people don't wear this satisfaction shoe over the mind, the mind is disturbed. It will give you pain. So please be satisfied with Yadrachalava Dvandvati to Vimatsaraha 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 means envy. A devotee is actually free from envy. Just see, a very nice Krishna is saying that. He is Tektva Karma Falatyagam. He is Nitya Triptaha. He is always working. He is Nirashir. He is Tektva Sarva Parigraha. Right? He works only for the bare minimum. And then here, Edrachalabha is only actually wants only what naturally comes to him, the Prophet. And he is Vimatsaraha. That means he is free from envy. Now, the representation of envy is fish. Matsaraha, matsa. Fish. Why fish? Sridhar Swami says that this fish is actually very envious. Envious in the sense that a big fish is envious of the small fish. When the small fish is becoming big, the big fish thinks that, oh, this small fish is now becoming big and he may become big enough and then he will eat me up later on. So better that I eat him now. So this is envy. So the moment you see someone growing, you want to finish him up. That is envy. And envy to any living entity is actually envy towards Krishna. The root cause why we are here in this material devote, material world, my dear devotees, is because we are envious of Krishna. Why Krishna should be the Supreme Lord? I should be the Supreme Lord. Okay. Envy is there, you go down this material. So, envy towards Krishna means, you are envy towards any living entity is envy towards Krishna. So, you have to become, we all have to become Vimatsaraha. There should not be any envy in us. Right? Envy is not. Actually, we do seminars on envy. It's a very big topic. And Krishna is saying in the Bhagavad Gita, in the ninth chapter, he says that, My dear Arjuna, I am speaking this knowledge to you because you are anasuya, because you are non-envious. Because you are not envious of me, I am sharing this knowledge to you. Very important. So if you want to get reciprocation from the Lord, then we have to become non-envious, not of the Lord, even of any living entity. You should not be envious of any living entity because every living entity is a part and parcel of Krishna. We cannot be envious. That's one of the quality of the devotee to be non-envious. Now envy is a very very big topic. We will definitely discuss about this. In one of our first Sunday sessions, we will try to cover completely on envy. We will try to cover as much as possible. We can have a dedicated session on envy. Envy is a very big thing. Deep within in this material world, we will see brothers of having the same father. They are envious of each other. What to speak of brothers, even husband and wife, which is supposed to be the most intimate relationship, even there is envy. These days. If the husband is doing better or the wife is doing better, they are envious of each other. So envy is a very strong emotion. It's anatha that we have to be controlled. We have to get rid of this envy. So 
then samav siddhav asiddhav cha kritvapitan vajjate so whether there is success or failure then you will be completely be satisfied such a devotee is not disturbed by whether siddha asaddha whether there is achievement there is failure or success really doesn't matter for such a devotee he is very very steady in his mind this is the quality we should all develop success failure in this material world will be there all the greatest of the devotees have gone through success and failures the real success is how well are we dependent on krishna always loving krishna are we doing that that is the real success of life whether you are a pauper in the street or you are actually a very rich person doesn't matter really doesn't matter what matters is are you nirmatsarana are you nirma even bhagavatam says that dharma kaitavotra paramo nirmatsarana dharma kait dharma kaitava so if you want to really achieve understand this dharma then you have to become nirmatsarana you have to become free from envy jealousy there are so much of jealousy they even in the government there is jealousy there is one country to another country there is jealousy at the individual level at the level of society at the level of family then at the level of nations there is envy and jealousy just see it is a very big thing so we can dedicate a session on this it's a very nice thing we definitely we will have a dedicated session on envy sometime right so krishna has spoken about this in this particular shloka and uh, let's cover another shloka today that's verse number 23 it's very interesting so uh, who else is there okay hinamata ji can unmute yourself and let's chant this shloka and that is shloka number 23 i hope this verse is clear and visible verse number 23 okay dev you can you can chant if you want yeah actually um, uh, mom just got disconnected so i'll chant no problem wonderful गतसंगस्य मुक्तस्य ज्ञानावस्थित चेतस यज्ञायाचरता कर्माग्रम प्रवीयते once again gatasangasya muktasya gatasangasya muktasya jnana vastita chetasa jnana vastita chetasa yagnaya charata karma yagnaya charata karma samagram praviliyate Wonderful. 
Here it said a work of a man who is unattached to the modes of nature. So, interesting. Unattached to the modes of nature. So, how do we become unattached from the modes of nature? Gata Sangasya Muktasya. Gata Sangasya. Gata Sangasya. Sangasya means association with the gunas. The three gunas. Muktasya. You are becoming free from these three modes. Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. So, how do we become free from these three modes? How are we going to become free from these three modes now? What's your answer? We all have to become transcendental. Krishna is saying that situated in transcendental knowledge, jnana vastita chetasaha. If you want to be in that state of jnana vastita chetasaha, that means you have to become free from three modes. How do we become free from these three modes? What's your answer for this? How do we become free from the three modes? How should we? Wonderful, exactly this. So Krishna previously has explained that there is karma, there is vikarma. Now if you want to actually get rid of these three modes, then you have to perform akarma. Because whether it is karma or it is vikarma, both are binding you. Just like King Rimi, right? The King Rimi, although good thing he performed, it was still binding him. So now what actually saved him was a karma. So just like King Rimi, if you also get an opportunity to do a karma more and more and more often every day, then that is what is going to actually make you gatasangasya muktasya. It is going to make you free from the bondage of these three modes. Because these are the governing principles. These three modes are actually the governing principles of this material world. Rajas, Sattva and Tamas, all these three modes are actually binding us. And under the influence of such powerful uh, uh, forces, we cannot overcome on our own. It's possible only Jnana Vastita Chetasa. If you want to overcome the influence of these three modes, it is possible only if and only when you actually have Jnana Vastita Chetasa. You have acquired the transcendental knowledge of this Bhagavad Gita. That is what is going to help us. So this whole process, this is a yajna. Week after week when we come and understand, when we try to hear, we are performing yajna, jnana yajna. So by doing, acquiring this knowledge, we will automatically, gradually, we will attain that state of jnana vastita chetasa. And in that state of jnana vastita chetasa, you will become freed. The more jnana you get, the more akarma you will perform. Now just see in the last one year, you yourself uh, have experienced so many things. You started listening to Bhagavad Gita. And moment you started listening to the Bhagavad Gita, there are so many acts of akarma that you are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. You began with hearing, then you started chanting. Now gradually there is some deity worship that is happening, you are doing puja. So what is happening is, more jnana is coming, the more it is leading to akarma. And akarma will ultimately lead you to becoming free from the three modes. Becoming three modes means, free from three modes means getting situated on the transcendental platform. 
and that transcendental platform will help you to re-establish your connection, your relationship with Krishna. Now you see how everything is interlinked. So your hearing of Bhagavad Gita is leading ultimately to develop that relationship with Krishna. And that is what we want. It's a gradual process. Now you have already begun. So just imagine for the next decade, when you keep listening and doing the karma, so much of purification has happened. So much of anartha which you could not clear in so many millions of past lives is now getting cleared by your karma. What an amazing unloading that is happening. So much of load that we are carrying from past life is all getting cleared now by performing the karma. So it's a very beautiful thing. We are very very fortunate. We are extremely fortunate to have this uh, opportunity to understand the Bhagavad Gita. It is all happening. Maybe you are not noticing it or you are noticing it. But all the clearance, unloading of anarthas is happening. You will realize as you progress, you will see all these transformations happening. You will start visualizing these things. So this is very, very interesting. And then now the there is a connection here. There is a connection that in 3.9, in chapter 3, Karma Yoga, verse number 9, there is a very nice shloka that we had come across and Prabhupada says that how to actually have to do work with free from these three modes and verse number 9, 3.9 let me read that for you so it says that yagnarthat karmano nyatra lokoyam karma bandhanaha tad artam karma kaunteya mukta sangas samachara just see, to so here also, work done as sacrifice. Yagnathat karmanonyatra. When you do work, you perform work as sacrifice. You will become freed from the bindings of this material world. So that's exactly what Krishna is saying in this word. Gatasangasya muktasya. When will that happen? Perform yagna. Yagna means? A karma. Any yagna you perform is a karma. So now when you are listening to Bhagavad Gita, you are performing yagna. This is a karma. So by, what is happening? Yagna tat karma nyatra lokoyam karma bandhanaha. It is going to relieve you. It is going to free you from all the bondages. Gradually. Right? So mukta sangasya samachara. You will become mukta sangasya. Just like here also, gata sangasya muktasya. So same words, mukta sangasya samachara. You will become free from this material bias. So very nice. So these are some very thing, nice things that Krishna has explained. Now with this, verse number 23, we have completed the second section of chapter 4. So in the next session, we will start from 24 and a new section of this chapter will begin. And that we will cover in the next week. And we will cover and understand more about what Krishna is going to share to Arjuna. So now we have few more minutes. If you have any questions, let's take some questions. So please feel free to ask questions. You can either uh, unmute yourself or you can directly uh, comment. Also, my dear devotees, anybody listening on YouTube, you can also leave your questions and leave some comments and make your presence felt. That will be really, very nice. All right. So let's have some... Q&A? Yes. Yes.
Yes, especially in this uh, current situation, we see that a uh, lot of people, uh, especially the daily wagers and all those people are having so much of problem because they have to get their food, they are not getting proper work to do and uh, there are a lot of people who don't have proper savings and a lot of problems are definitely going on. And uh, it's all happening because we have forgotten Krishna. It's not an individual thing. It's a collective thing that has happened to us. And we are a part of it. We have contributed something to this particular thing in some way or the other. And we are suffering to that degree. So now, even in this situation, when we are in the most difficult situation, where uh, we are probably facing some health issues or financial issues. So in such situations, again, uh, it's a good opportunity for us to pray and depend on the Lord. So, because He is the maintainer. Ultimately, he is the maintainer. So, if you feel that you want to maintain yourself, maintain your family, then we have to depend on that supreme maintainer who is Krishna. How do we depend more and more? By his service, by engaging in his service. So, take an opportunity anytime you get. Just go to the temples nearby. I had told you earlier also, go clean the temples, give some prasadam if possible, share some, uh, do some seva there if possible. And... Uh, uh, if you have money, you can do some charity there. Anything that is possible, you can do. Do some seva. Be engaged in the service of the Lord. The best way is to chant. If you cannot do anything of those things, just vibrate your tongue and chant the holy names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Sevon muke hi jiva do. What can be more than that? Just by vibrating your tongue, you can serve Krishna. It is so simple in Kali Yuga. So, I think this is the best way uh, you should uh, depend on Krishna, that is by chanting. Because many times uh, people say, Prabhu, how can chanting help me? No, it can help you because it is non-different from Krishna. This sound vibration is Krishna himself. You are actually calling Krishna on your tongue. So you are associating with Krishna when you are chanting. So when you are chanting, in the association with Krishna, he will maintain. All the difficult situations and the problems that we are going through will be taken care of. Have that faith. Have that faith. And uh, be loyal to Krishna. We should all be loyal to Krishna and just follow whatever the Acharyas have given. Prabhupada has told, chant 16 rounds of Hare Krishna Mantra. I think this is the time in this lockdown when we have a lot of time for ourselves. You should chant and aim for 16 rounds. One day you do it and you will feel so nice. Don't chant just one round or two rounds. In this time, when you are having some good time with your family, you should also spend chanting Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Why don't you sit and chant 16 rounds one day? You will see so nice it is. 16 rounds you should chant. Try to give a try. At least on a weekend you can try to chant 16 rounds. That will be amazing. You can do it in parts. 4 rounds, 4 rounds, 4 rounds, 4 rounds. But chant 16 rounds and you will see the magic happening. We have to depend on Krishna and that is possible only by chanting. You have to chant and prove you have to chant 16 rounds. Not just one round, two rounds. The more the problem, the more you should depend. Right? So you chant 16 rounds. If you are chanting one round, two rounds, now you chant 16 rounds. Spend time with Krishna. 
it will take 2 hours but it is worth it it is so many things will happen so many things will be in your favor chance 16 comes are you sure are you sure